0: Welcome to the Pad the Stats Podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now, your host, James Swanson.
1: Ah, welcome, welcome, come one, come all, to the Fantasy Football Podcast. This is Pad the Stats. I'm your host, James Swanson, and we have our 2018 bus episode in store for you tonight. But first, I want to introduce my two good buddies, Jake Meyer and Pat Cotter. Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing on this fine summer evening?
2: Oh, it's all good. Glad to be back. Ready to kill this episode. Oh, yeah. Doing good. Well, doing well, too. You know, had a
0: good day today and looking to, uh, yeah, same. Have a good episode here.
1: Nice. Jake, good to have you back, buddy. It's been a little bit. How's uh, everything up in the hills of Pennsylvania?
2: Oh, you know, nothing too exciting. Same old, same old. Uh, you know, just starting to do my fancy research, figure out some things. And we got some real nice info for you guys tonight. Got some got some breaking things about our bus this year. Going to be pretty nice.
1: Yeah, I'm looking f- forward to getting both of you guys' intake on, you know, or our take on the bus players for this year, you guys' bus. So um, I have a couple as well. We have six for you all together. We're going to do two apiece and but before we do that normally I do the league news and notes first but screw that I want to do something different we're gonna do some trivia to get us kicked off tonight so are you guys ready to do some trivia let's do it all right sweet so I'm I ready. I have four trivia questions and I think the best way to do this we, we won't make it overly competitive this time or anything we'll just kind of you know if just kind of speak up when you guys want to talk or if you, you think you know the answer and we'll just kind of kind of take it from there so the first question let me get my notes pulled up here so first question two teams in 2017 had over 500 rushing attempts can you name them those two teams i'll give you a hint one's in the afc one's in the nfc
2: Ooh, i'm saying one's carolina that's got to be almost
1: carolina is incorrect Ooh.
2: Wow, uh-huh. I would have thought with Cam's rushing attempts, that would have been a foregone conclusion. Yeah, that's a good, wow. good. Thought Cam, Cam right, did Pat have. A, Pat, what a, about you? Got a I mean, that's that
0: about the worst guess I've ever heard. I'm going to go with. Uh, <laughs>
2: how about the Rams?
1: The Rams are incorrect.
2: Oh man! Oh, well, what they say? Mm-hmm. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Pat,
1: are we out of? Are we out of guesses, fellas? Oh
2: no, I'm Minnesota. No.
1: Minnesota is one of them. Good job.
2: Okay, yes, yeah, sir. Job,
1: nice. Minnesota was second with 501 total rushing attempts.
2: Dang. First.
1: Dang. And the first team had 26 more rushing attempts, came in at 527. So well ahead of the pack.
0: let see. Hmm. How about the Patriots?
1: No, nope, that's wrong. Yeah. It's a terrible what guess. Ch- no, I'm just kidding. What about terrible. the Chiefs? <laughs> Chiefs are wrong as well. I'm going to give it to you guys, okay? It's actually so we don't want to be I don't, want, we'll, we don't want to lose we'll be anymore. here we'll be here all night. It's actually the Jaguars 527.
0: No, I was thinking maybe. Uh,
1: yeah, so uh Leonard Fournette we're going to dive into this a little bit more. I want to go behind the numbers a little bit for our listeners. Leonard Fournette had 268 of those carries in just 13 games. Um so they had they had quite a bit and they also had Chris Ivory Yeldon, and Probably, I would expect them to probably be right up there again this year, especially if Fournette plays 16 games. I heard the other day that he's down 11 pounds, and he's actually feeling really good. I think he came into camp at like 225 or something. I think it was 224, because I think last year he played at like 235. But anyway, he should probably find himself with a lot of carries again this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he had 300 car- 300 carries. Um, But speaking of those two running backs for those two respective teams, Leonard Fournette for the Jags and Dalvin Cook for the Vikings. So we know Dalvin Cook only played in four games last year, but we saw him carry the ball quite a bit in that short time. Um, Speaking of Leonard Fournette, like I said, he was on pace actually for 330 carries and 44 catches over 16 games, while Dalvin Cook was on pace for 296 carries and 44 catches. So they they were identical in the reception department. Fournette was bound to carry the ball maybe a little bit more over that pace um my question for you guys I, I don't care who takes this either one of you who, who do you guys think of those two running backs has the better chance for more carries for netter this might be a little bit easier but my next question might be You yes might think a little bit more so who has more carries this year Leonard Fournette or Dalvin Cook Pat go ahead and take this
0: you know I think that I am really scared about Leonard Fournette's ankle injuries. I think Dalvin Cook's more of a one-off kind of injury, and if he can you know, be healthy this year, I feel like he's going to have a lot more stability as running back. So I'm going to say that Dalvin Cook gets more carries just because I think Leonard Fournette's going to miss a couple more games.
1: Interesting. I would have not have guessed that. I actually would have said—I thought both of you guys would have said Fournette. If well,
0: they Fournette. both stay healthy, I think that Fournette would get more carries. I just think Fournette's going to miss some games.
2: That's well, a fair Swan, point. Jake, Jake, I'll tell ahead. you what kind of business I'm in. I'm in the fantasy Uh-oh. point business. And <laughs> you know what? Getting serious. I'll be honest with you. Fournette will get more carries, but give me Cook. He's going to have more fantasy points. He's going to gain more yards, catch more balls, score more touchdowns. Give me Cook over Fournette all day.
1: Okay. So that was my second question. Who has the more total touches, carries, and receptions combined? So it sounds like unanimously we're going to all say Dalvin Cook.
2: Agreed. Yes.
1: I think it's very close. I would take Fournette with more carries, but I think that Dalvin Cook has a good chance to catch a lot of passes now that Jarek McKinnon's gone. He could he could catch fifty balls, don't you guys think?
0: I think he would have did that last
1: year if he wouldn't have been if
0: yeah you know, I, he, even even with Jarek McKinnon there, I don't think he was a big threat. Yeah, yeah well, that's fair. I heard fair. a stat the other day that Jarek that McKinnon and and Latavius Murray, if on over those four four games,
2: they only had like twenty five carries or something combined.
0: Hmm. It was a really okay. low
2: number, whatever it was. But yeah, McKinnon's McKinnon's mom should be thanking Dalvin Cook for getting injured because McKinnon wouldn't be getting that contract he got with Sam Fran if it wasn't for Dalvin Cook getting injured. I don't think he would have seen the field nearly as much, obviously, without the Dalvin Cook injury.
1: Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. And um, speaking of bus, I'm not going to give away anything, but maybe Jarek McKinnon's in there. I don't know. Let's we'll see. Ooh, maybe not. Temp- maybe not. I got maybe train not. Train. Maybe I'm just Stay maybe tuned. I'm bluffing. I don't know. But he is up there for me, honestly. Okay. Second trivia question. Let's keep this thing moving. Let me get. I have my notes on two different pages, so bear with me here, people. Uh, second question. Two running backs in 2017 had over 20% of their team's target share. Can you name those two running backs? Jake, I'll start with you.
2: I'm going to take the easy one first. I'm hoping this is the easy one, because if not, I'm going to look like an idiot. Le'Veon Bell.
1: Le'Veon Bell is second with 22.8%. Okay, tw- 22. 22. Pat, pa, can you get name the other one? I'm going to guess Christian McCaffrey. Yes, good job, guys. Nicely done. Wow. Christian McCaffrey, 24.7% of his team's target share. Le'Veon Bell, 22.8%. Those are a little
0: easier than the last one, I feel like.
1: A little bit easier, yes. A little bit easier, for sure. So, those were again, those were the only two guys over 20% of the target share for their respective team. Now, I personally don't see that changing a lot. Do you guys? I, I mean, I could easily see Bell and CMC being number 1 and 2 in that category again this year for running backs. Do you guys both agree with that?
0: That would be my vote. I could agree. The only people I could see that could challenge them would be David Johnson, possibly Alvin Kamara if, you know, if they really really go away from Ingram after the suspension. But that's about it.
1: Yeah, so Alvin Kamara came in at 17.8% and that was probably one of mine. Um I think Maybe, but once Ingram comes back, you know, like you said, it's. I still think that that's going to be a split backfield at the end of the day. David Johnson's a really good one, though, Pat. I, because there's no really other weapons on that offense yeah, besides yeah. Larry Fitzgerald. You know, we don't expect J.J. Nelson to do a ton, and I mean, I think that I think that Chase Edmonds is a nice prospect, and we talked about it in the last podcast. He's probably one of the better handcuffs and could spell David Johnson once in a while. But man, DJ could if. The problem is that offense is so bad, or we're expecting it to be pretty bad, that running backs don't typically do outstanding from a fantasy perspective in a bad offense. Okay, so I want you guys to rank these three. Pat, why don't you go ahead and rank these three running backs in terms of how many receptions you think they'll have in 2018. We talked about all three. Christian McCaffrey, Le'Veon Bell, Alvin Kamara. Last year, Le'Veon Bell had 85 receptions in 15 games. Uh, McCaffrey and Kamara each played 16 games and Kamara had 81 and 80. So it went 85 bell, 81 Kamara and 80 for McCaffrey. What do you think those three guys are going to finish at this year?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with McCaffrey, number one, and then Le'Veon and then Kamara. I think I'm just going to stick in the same order, honestly.
1: All right. Is there any concern of Le'Veon Bell's holdout to go into the regular season?
0: I don't think he'll hold it out into the regular season. It, I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't see it financially working for him. I mean, either way, he's going to be out of out of Pittsburgh next year if they don't get a long term deal done, which I don't honestly see happening. So, for him, he's all about the money, and if he's missing games, he's losing out on money. So, why do that?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I agree. I just, I wasn't sure how many people out there were concerned about that still. But I would agree with you that I think it's going to be the same situation as last year. He will set out all of camp, and he'll be on the field week one. It's just a matter of, does he do what he did last year and kind of not play so great the first three games or so? Probably. Um, probably. And then he tore it up against Baltimore in week four, but um, and then he was pretty much the same, you know, what we expected of Le'Veon Bell from a fantasy perspective after that. The number three trivia question. Okay, six wide receivers in 2017 had 20-plus receptions of 20 yards or more. Okay, I'll repeat that. Six receivers in 2017 had 20-plus receptions of 20 yards or more downfield. Can you name those receivers? I think four of these are pretty easy. The other two, maybe not so much. Either one, it doesn't matter how we, I'm go, how I'm we gonna start tackle with, this I'm one. I'm
2: going to start with Antonio Brown, and then I'll let Pat Antonio take it. Brown
1: is, Yep. So uh, let me pull up my other stat sheet here. Antonio Brown is one with 27 catches of 20 or more yards. Oh, man.
0: I'm actually going to go out on a limb here and go with another stealer,
2: Juju Smith Schuster. That is
1: incorrect.
2: Juju oh, Smith
1: Schuster is not in the top six.
2: Wow. Smith Schuster. <laughs> I will take, how about Adam Thielen? Adam Thielen is number six. Oh,
1: boy. With with 20 catches, right in the nose.
0: All right, how about, uh, I'm going to go with Julio.
1: Julio is number three with 23.
2: I'm going to go with Hopkins.
1: Hopkins is two with 24. Got two more.
0: All right, how about...
2: Let's see. Tyreek Hill.
1: Tyreek Hill is not on this list.
2: How about A.J. Big Play Green?
1: Nope. A.J. is not on this list either.
2: Um, You might have to tell us, Swanee. Let let
1: let Let me give you a little hint here. Let me go to my trusty rankings. and Hold on. Let me pull it up here. I will tell you this, that one of these receivers had... 22 receptions of 20 rewards, and the other one was tied with Thielen for 20. And... Hold on, this is taking me me a little bit. Both of these guys played in the NFC. How about
0: Marvin Jones?
1: Marvin Jones is one of them. He had 20. He was tied with Adam Thielen.
0: Going for another
2: NFC guy.
1: All right, I'm giving you guys five more seconds. It
2: can't be Mike Evans, can it?
1: It's not Mike Evans. no. But I have a very interesting stat after this about Mike Evans. Mike
2: Evans, what a bust last year. Yeah,
1: is he gonna is he yeah. gonna be
2: a bust again?
1: Hoo-hoo. He might. I, uh, I, wouldn't. I'm not counting on it. But I'm gonna go out on
0: another limb and say Robert Woods.
1: Robert Woods is a terrible, <laughs> terrible choice. Wow,
2: you just went on a really weak limb. <laughs> yeah. Wow,
1: Pat, there's a there's a red button in Skype. It I think, it, I think it's, it's a, a the call. Phone there. Yeah, if you wanna. Go ahead and just pop off that one, Yeah, <laughs> the answer is Michael Thomas with twenty-two. Oh man, uh... Michael Thomas. Yeah, so... I always
0: thought of him as more of a short kind of short receiver kind of guy, like short routes kind of dude. But
1: yeah, yeah, he's he evolving.
0: Very, he's a very uh, efficient
1: man. He was. He was, and I, I'm expecting big things out of him again this year. Honestly. Um, okay, last trivia question. Jake, this is what I was I was talking about. I said I'd have an interesting stat here, and I might have actually given one of these. yeah. You kind of so, gave
2: that away, but we'll. we'll, we'll I, I thought it was going to be. I know.
1: I know. I thought it was going to be a Mike Evans and then a number, but it, it was the other way around. So I'm just stupid. But okay. So since 2013, this is interesting, regardless, and I think this is kind of cool for the listeners, just to, and and just to put this into perspective. Since 2013, only two receivers. Have recorded twenty plus catches of twenty or more yards and finished outside the top fifteen. One is Mike Evans, obviously. Can you guys name the other one? So, so the theme here is if you if you have twenty or more catches of twenty plus yards, you are essentially a shoe in to be a top fifteen receiver. Except and for only these two guys. Gu- except for these two guys, two guys since twenty thirteen. Mike Evans is one. Can you guys name
2: the other guy? my out of the hat guess just because it seems like he always caught big catches I don't even know if he's in the league anymore I know he's kind of been hanging on to his career would be Anquan Bolden Dude, when you
1: started to say that and honestly everything that you said lined up perfectly oh except, except for Anquan Bolden but I will give you a hint because this is kind of tough him and Anquan Bolden actually played on the same team for a while
2: had to be Fitzy
1: that is incorrect. After, oh. after, I was after. To say 50
2: I don't think ever finished outside the top fifty. Oh, this, this guy. Career. This
1: guy's. This Stone guy's still in the league. Okay. This guy's still in the league.
2: How about somebody with the Ravens?
1: Uh, I, can, I don't know if I Torrey can divulge Smith. that information. Yes, it is Torrey Smith.
0: Dang. Oh. that sounds ding, like, ding, sound, ding. That sounds like Tory Smith. I've never heard of Torrey <laughs> so, Smith? That. That's it.
1: So in 2015, Mike Evans had 20-plus receptions. I I forgot to write down the number here but of what they actually had, but Mike Evans in 2015 finished 23rd in wide receiver rankings despite having 20-plus catches of 20 or more yards. And Dory Smith in 2013 finished 18th. So essentially, you can not look at any of the other numbers for Mike Evans in 2015 and just see that, he was a big play receiver, but then apparently didn't do anything else. I would have to dive into that a little bit more. I just thought it was really interesting. Jake, I think you probably won trivia, and Pat, you are terrible. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> well, just so everybody knows, all day I'm trying to push Pat for, dude, where? what are your busts? What are your busts? And he wouldn't tell me, and he was completely avoiding the situation.
0: Hey, I had a busy and day,
1: man. He, he told me about 40 minutes ago, so I had like. Luckily, I have enough research on these guys that I could probably we'll get through it just fine as long as he's prepared. Yeah, Pat, are you prepared? I'm always prepared. And hey, yeah, I I, I did good on all, all the other you.
2: podcasts I've been on. Get you my notes. You have.
1: i I would it's agree. Been a long day. You have. It's okay. Pat, so we'll this get is, through. Pat,
2: this is what you did in high school. You didn't study for tests and then went and got an A+. Hey, Somehow a you did it. I don't know how, but you're a legend.
1: Yep. You should just not do any fantasy research and then go win a title. Maybe that's a secret.
2: I need to
0: do, start doing that for my first-round picks, honestly.
1: <laughs> so Pat has had a history of drafting, uh, let's see here, Jeremy Hill. Uh, uh, CJ
0: Anderson, Anderson was the same, same year. Uh, who's the running back for? Uh, Who's the Odell Denver Beckham's running back last year? Uh, Monty ball is my, is my money
1: ball. <laughs> Monty ball is like the colossal.
0: As soon as I drafted Odell Beckham first last round year, pick. I didn't got him. I got him in the 10th pick last year. I go, Oh man, finally a, a good first round pick. And then he goes, no nah, broken leg.
1: <laughs> so Pat's hoping for the rest of his teams are always really good. And he scores extremely high, high in points right up there. It's just the first round for whatever reason, he, either has a terrible injury to a running back or they're a bust or there's an injury elsewhere. It just like doesn't work out. So anyway, okay, let's keep this thing moving. Let's get into the league news and notes. So the big news, shady McCoy. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we actually don't know anything yet. Did you
2: see the pictures though? I did see the pictures okay, and it looks terrible. And it- if he,
1: if he is the person who's, you know, behind that, then it's a, it's a terrible thing. But I'm actually gonna kind of avoid fantasy talk about Le- Sean McCoy for right now, a little bit out of just like respect for the situation, and mainly because we just simply don't know anything. I think it's all safe to like it's safe to say that we would all move him down significantly, you know, barring a suspension if that were to happen at some point. But we just don't know yet, so we're gonna move past that and see how it plays out. Leonard Fournette, I already mentioned this. He showed up to camp at 224 pounds, 11 pounds lighter than last season. Who knows? Could that's always good. I always, you know, I don't like to see when a running back bulks up, but when they lose weight, sometimes it's a good thing. Hopefully, it can help him avoid some of the injuries that Pat was talking about. We'll see how that. Uh, regardless, Fournette's going to be an absolute monster Run in terms yourself. of wor- of right in terms of workload. He's going to get a lot of it, and no more Chris Ivory. Good thing. TJ Eldon will spell him a little bit especially in the past game but mainly he's gonna be on pace for 300 plus carries more than likely if he can stay I mean last year he averaged 20 and a half uh, I think it was carries or touches a game I can't remember I have to look at that again but it was 20 20 and a half one or the other per game so he was right up there with the league leaders in terms of just how many times he touches the ball game the Palm Beach Post is reporting that Frank Gore is expected to have a significant role in <laughs> In the Miami offense, I can't help but to laugh because Frank Gore is like sixty-three years old and getting ready to collect Social Security. I'm telling you, the first whatnot. year I
2: played fantasy football, I swear to God, he was like the fifth overall pick, and that was like sixteen years ago. Back in the days, yeah. he was considered like glass cannon. He just got injured after every play, and now he's
0: like the tank.
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable. What do we make of this? I'm hearing that he could push for eight to 10 touches a game. So Pat, how does that make you feel about drafting Kenyon Drake? Does it affect your decision at all where you're drafting him or does it, do you not really care?
0: You know, I already kind of had this factored into my Kenyon Drake rank and he's a guy that I don't really, I never really cared for him very much. He's a guy that's probably going to fall down my ranks just as the draft goes on as I kind of, so solidify some of my thoughts on some of these younger guys like Sony Michelle Rashad Penny, Geis, Ronald Jones. He might fall down behind some of those guys or Alex Collins just as it goes because the guy had never really had really a lot of like but I kind of already figured that that Frank Gore would be getting some carries. So I don't think Kenny Drake's you know, the greatest guy in the world so it doesn't really affect where I got him right now. I got him at 19 which I still feel is a little high. I just the guys behind him, I don't feel very strongly about yet to move them above him.
1: Okay. I'll have to take a look. I have my rankings up. I'll pull them up here in a second. But, Jake, I wanted to ask you about some of those guys Pat just mentioned. Kenyon Drake or – and I'm going to give you just a list of names here. Kenyon Drake or J.J. Who would you
2: rather have? J.J. Pat's talked me into him pretty heavily.
1: Okay. okay. How, about, how about Drake or Darius Geis?
2: Uh Kenyon Drake, but it's close.
1: Okay. Alex Collins. You're not a big Alex Collins
2: fan. I'm not you, a big Alex think. Collins fan. I would go Kenyon Drake. Back to the Geist thing. I i have heard uh reports that he might not be a, a three down back depending on how he can catch the ball or not. They're concerned about that. But uh Okay. We'll see. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh what about Mark Ingram? Would you take Ingram over?
2: Not with the suspension. No. I would take Kenyon okay, Drake. Okay, you're still
1: Okay. Okay, that's that's fair. I have, let's see here. I have Kenyon Drake at my running back twenty-one right now. I have him behind Geis and Ajayi, and I have him in one spot ahead of Alex Collins and once and a spot ahead, two spots ahead of Mark Ingram as of right now. So, all right, fair enough. Uh, let's see what do we got next here. Last piece and last piece of uh, league news and notes. Eli Manning thinks Sterling Shepard is primed for a big year. Are you guys buying the hype, Jake? You buying the hype?
2: You know, I could see Sterling Shepard primed for a big year. He's got all the talent in the world. I want to know if my boy Eli is primed for a big year. Is he going to be able to sling it, or is he an old washed-up engine? I mean, it's he's a good point. I mean, he's my big concern in the Giants' offense. If the Giants had Kirk Cousins right now. This offense would be being hyped up beyond belief. Eli's the question mark.
1: Yep, I agree with you 100%. It A lot of this is going to fall back on Eli. And while I don't agree that he should have been benched for... Who, who was he benched for? What's his name? I can't even, I can't even think of his name anymore because I just don't care about Gino him. Geno Smith. Got, and, punched G- in the face in yeah, New York. Geno yes, Smith, Smith, yeah. <laughs> That's how much I don't care about Geno Smith. But... it's hard to believe i think he was a former second round pick it's hard to believe
0: i still like his talent
1: i don't so shut up (laughs) and i don't don't believe you tone in this chapter. but so eli manning i don't as i don't think he should have been benched for geno smith last year i can't help but agree with you jake that it all falls back on him and there, there's all He has all the weapons in the world to make
2: this offense. It should be a top five or six
1: offense, right?
2: I, with a talent, yes. Talent-wise, it is top five, six.
1: As long as the line can be decent, which that's the only thing I'm still worried about. I think maybe they got a little bit better, but uh, more I'm still on that worried about up. them a bit. Yep. So a little up. bit more on Sterling Shepard. His current ADP is wide receiver 47. He's going eighth pick in the 10th round and full-point PPR, 12-team, that is. And, Pat, I wanted to ask you, Sterling Shepard or DJ Moore?
0: I would take uh, Sterling Shepard right now.
1: Okay, how about Sterling Shepard or Alan Hearns? That
0: would be Hearns.
1: And last one, Kelvin Benjamin.
0: Uh, that's a good one because I got about, I got Shepard about as far away from Hearns as I do DJ Moore, and Kelvin Benjamin and Sterling Shepard are back-to-back, and I got Kelvin Benjamin one spot above
1: Okay, you just confused the hell out of me with what you just said. I got Hearns. Good with about me.
0: Five spots ahead. I got DJ Moore about five spots behind, and then Sterling Shepard and Kelvin Benjamin are back-to-back.
1: All right, cool. Got it. Twitter poll. So I did a Twitter poll. I think it was like last week. I love these uh, things, man. What is today? I love today? To see results
2: from the people. We love results from the people. Yeah, these are really yeah. interesting. I, fi- I find all these really, really – Get t- on Twitter. It. Log on to Twitter. Answer these Twitter polls. We get to find out answers. We'll talk about your answers on here every week. It's going to be a good time.
1: Yeah, I try to remember to bring this up in each show when I do one, and I think I've tried to been doing one about once a week. So um, This one that we had this week, and I've been focusing, I feel like, a lot on the running backs, but this was another one that just really intrigued me, and this is a lot of kind of going back to middle-round running backs, so second- and third-round running backs, fourth-round running backs, And I wanted to know, which of these running backs do the people think has the most bust potential? But before we get to the results, I wanted to ask you guys, and Pat, I'll start with you. Out of these four running backs, JGI, Derrick Henry, Jordan Howard, and Jarek McKinnon, which one of those four running backs do you think has the most bust potential this year?
0: You know, when I hear this list, I feel like there's one guy on that list that is not like the others, and that's Jordan Howard. I feel like he's a very low bust potential guy. I feel like he's got a lot of he's got a very safe floor, but not much of a ceiling just because he's not catching anything. Uh, the other guys I feel like are pretty similar in their bus potential, but I would say Jarek McKinnon has the most bus potential.
1: Okay. Jake, go with your pick here and then I will give the results.
2: Uh, along with Pat, I mean, I think Jordan Howard is kind of being disrespected by being on, put on this list, but you know, we'll have to talk to the, uh, manager of this list and ask him why he's even being grouped with him i'll talk with jordan <laughs> howard's people hey, come on uh you know i wouldn't be surprised if Derek Henry would be a bust but if i'd have to pick because mckinnon's really never taken that lead role except for that one year in minnesota um when peterson got hurt i would have to say mckinnon because i just don't trust him to be able to carry the workload with his body type
1: Ding, 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 ding. You guys are winners again. 36% of the people said Jarek McKinnon has the most bust potential. And you guys were right on both fronts. Jordan Howard, 7% was the lowest. So, yeah. Sounds like everybody. Agree. Jake, what the hell did you eat this morning? Did you have your Wheaties? Like, what are they serving at Suburban these days? Did you nail a big sale? Like, what happened today that, I mean, you're on top of your game, man.
2: I'm getting back into the groove, man. It's football season, right? July 4th after that football season. Is that fair?
1: I would agree with
2: yeah, that. Yeah, not a bad time. On.
0: And I'd be interested yep. to see where this this poll would go if instead
2: of Jordan Howard, you had Joe Mixon on this list. I'm interested in Joe Mixon. We might have to have a, a special on Joe Mixon next episode or in the episodes that it comes. Definitely. Yep.
1: I've talked a little bit about him, but I wanted to talk. I, I think he's...
2: It's a very intriguing me... character.
1: Yeah, but the point I was going to make, I want to ask you guys, I mean, out of like the late second, I don't know where you guys prefer Joe Mixon, but off the, I had his ADP here around somewhere. Honestly I honestly don't really prefer
2: him because he's such a question mark to me, but yeah, do you take him over a guy like Dice? I mean, I think so. Oh yeah, But oh yeah. I, I, I agree, but really though, think about it. Guys could have a better season very easily. Do
1: you think? Do you think out of all of like the third and fourth round running backs that Joe Mixon is the most questionable?
2: Pat, uh, What do you think? Uh,
1: I mean, right now I know I know there's a lot in there, and that's probably a little bit of a lot Out bit of all the guys because, that are
0: going in the third and fourth round, I'd say probably, yeah. I still think Jarek McKinnon's probably more, a little more que- a little more questionable just because he's, you know, just got there. Joe Mixon, I feel like he's a little more entrenched in his workload and is a bigger guy. I feel like he can take the workload just Who knows how that offensive line's going to be? Who knows how that team's going to be?
1: Okay, so really quick here. I am looking at 12-team full-point PPR ADPs. And I'm going to read off. So, Jerick McKinnon's going in the second round in PPR. He's going as the ninth pick in the second round. LaShawn McCoy's one spot later. Excuse me. That's crazy. Excuse me. That's crazy Uh, Would you take... LaShawn McCoy earlier I mean if if this news right now like cancel this out let's say he does not miss a game let's just put that hypothetical out there where would you want to take LaShawn McCoy I would
0: take LaShawn McCoy before Jerick McKinnon I'd take Jordan Howard before Jerick McKinnon
1: okay so this is the list of the the running backs going in third and fourth round right now according to ADP again 12 team PPR Joe Mixon Jordan Howard Darius Geis, Derrick Henry, Alex Collins, Rashad Penny, Jai, Kenyon Drake, Sony Michelle.
0: All question marks, honestly.
1: They are. I, I I'm struggling to think of the guy that I I'm high, higher on Joe Mixon this year. Anyway, let's table this for right now. I could yeah, go. Yeah, let's into, have an episode. These, about these guys. guys are just like. This
2: is an episode for us to help these our people out. And yeah. let them know who we think yeah, and who course. we should take over each. You know, the third, fourth round running backs. That's kind of what we're going to be featuring pretty soon. We'll we'll take a look at this and let everybody know uh, who they should take and who they should uh, leave on the draft board.
1: Yep. Yeah, I agree. It just. I mean, I feel like every year, third and fourth round gets a little bit murky. I would say, especially this year, oh, yeah. because we're we're factoring in a big group of rookie running backs that we're a little bit unsure of. Okay. We are into the main event. Are we ready to talk the 2018 event. bus? The main event. The Put on your stuff. championship belt. We're ready to get into this thing. 2018 bus. Who wants to kick us off? Jake, I feel like you should since we're, let's, let's, we have one quarterback I on got the a, list I today. Got
2: a, I got a big-time name that most He's of you might be shocked by. This, I, I like mean, This it. might be the biggest name in the NFL. He might be the biggest name in all of sports next to Michael Jordan. I don't know. That's just the answer I'm thinking of, and who Aussie. am I talking about? Yeah. Mr. Tom Brady. I think he what? is. What? Be- wow! Wow! For, coming from a huge Tom Brady fan, I am a huge Tom biggest. Brady Homer. I am. Who do you huge- like more, li-
0: Tom Brady or, or Lebron?
2: <laughs> I like Lebron more, but let's not divert. Not let's not get away from the subject here. I am a Tom Brady Homer. I live in Steeler country, so I love seeing Tom Brady beat the Steelers just just live and die for it man
1: so right, anyway never let's get back, back on to the this main show
2: point here. my main point is tom brady for the last 3 years has been a top 5 quarterback this year breaking news he's going to finish outside the top 5 and i'll tell you why the patriots a couple reasons patriots they drafted a running back in the first round they have ne- they haven't done that in tom brady's career they drafted uh, sony michelle in the first round another big issue they lost Nate Solder at left tackle. He, he was Tom Brady's left tackle for seven seasons. Bringing in a new left tackle, that's never good for quarterback, gelling, throwing the ball, trusting trusting his offense. And also, get Edelman suspended for four games, and they lost Brandon Cooks, their deep threat. I really think um, Tom Brady's going to have a hard time getting back into the swing of things. <clears throat> so I think Tom Brady's going to finish seventh for the season. I think Rodgers is going to be one. Wilson two cam three Wentz four breeze five Ooh, cam three Watson six Brady seven I, it's more I'm yeah, kind of I kind of gotcha. I kind of I kind of those those one to six are kind of I didn't really rank them particularly I just kind of named those six guys that will be above Tom Brady I think Brady will finish seventh for the season just due to the fact that the Patriots they're going to run the ball more because Brady's not going to have as much time as he once was, and he's not as quick as he once was as far as get, getting the ball out. He's getting older. Buffs. Yeah,
1: we got you. Got to figure it's going to catch up to him eventually.
0: Hey, he, and he can't catch.
1: He can't catch. No, we found no, that out.
0: He found that out in the Super Bowl.
1: He'll probably have like a one-handed catch down the sideline this year or something. And then like just stupid. drop the
0: mic and retire right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Be like against Buffalo and like middle of the season or something. I see it Uh, happening. uh, All right. So Jake, what is like your number one concern with Tom? Like what, if you have had to pick one thing, what do you think keeps him out of the top five out of those things that you mentioned? What's the number one thing?
2: I think the Patriots are going to focus on running the ball more. I cannot believe they drafted a running back in the first round. And I think they're going to find different ways to slow the game down, to make sure Tom Brady doesn't take hits, keep him healthy for the playoffs, and I just, I just don't think he's going to throw the ball as much as he used to. I think this year he had uh, 580 attempts, uh, and last year he had 620. You know, and they so they went down from last year, and I think they're going to go down again. I think they're just going to keep trying to protect him and keep running the ball. So,
1: do you think that's going to be kind of a split workload, or do you, are you saying that Sony Michelle comes in? And takes away even more than what Deion Lewis did last year, and that was 100 and, 180 carries from Deion Lewis last year, and another 30 some catches.
2: i right now. I'm I'm thinking it's gonna be a split backfield. It's gonna be it's gonna be a typical Patriots backfield. You're gonna see basically a, a 40 40 20 split. You know, 40 40 and being Burkhead and Michelle, and then the other 20 going to the guy off the street that's working at IHOP right now. <laughs> you have a two hundred yard game and then get benched the next game.
1: Yeah, that can always happen with the Patriot Patriots. Fashion. We've seen that. Yeah, don't that's forget right. about my
2: boy Jeremy Hill.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: that's hey, right,
0: Jeremy, Jeremy Hill, Hill is. Yeah, he can have two touchdowns, three touchdowns first week, and then say, "Never
1: mind, see you later." Yeah, is he? Is he playing this year? Is he in the front office? Or I think he he's the tra- actually the water training board. staff, or I think he's he handing doing? out waters. Is he? Yeah, oh, good for him. Yeah. You know, I I like he's to see places. good people. I like to see good people do good things, and that's great. All right, um, what else on Thomas Brady? So you think he's Russell Wilson's going to have a better year? You think Carson Wentz going to have a better year? You have Cam Newton at three. That's interesting.
2: Well, like I said, I I shouldn't have ranked them that way because I'm not necessarily saying Cam's going to be the third overall quarterback. I'm just saying Cam. Well, you think he's going to have a yeah. better season than Brady? He's in the that's top fair. six. Um, okay. I think Cam does more Cam like he did last year, and I think him and McCaffrey, you know, create still create a better relationship, and I think they'll be even on a better page this year than they were last year.
1: So let me ask you this. Currently, Tom Brady is going as the QB3, and he's going as the third pick in the fifth round in Standard Leagues. QB4 in PPR, he's going... We know that, you know, typically in PPR, quarterbacks go a little bit later. Sixth round, fifth overall, and in... uh Two quarterback leagues for folks who do that. We do that in Dynasty, a little bit different in a redraft. He's going as the 10th the, uh, overall pick in the second round, QB5. So with that in mind, if you were to take Gronk, Jake, in the second or third round this year, are you going to be more inclined to grab Brady maybe ahead of some of those guys you mentioned or around where he's going around his ADP like the fifth round? Like If you were going to go ahead and if you took Gronk, would you be more inclined to go ahead and, and pull the trigger on Brady?
2: Yeah. So, if you're asking, basically, if you're asking me if I take Gronk in the second round and I have Brady and Cam sitting on the board, I'm probably going to go Brady because I do love my QB tight end, QB wide receiver connection. Just one. You don't want two of the same wide receivers or anything like that or a wide receiver or tight end on the same team. But if you can get one weapon and the quarterback together, I like that play. I like doubling up.
1: I can't believe you're betting against the goat. Yeah,
2: that hurts. That hurts him. Does
1: that hurt your ego a little bit? It does. You know, this kid, Tom Brady's <laughs> gonna listen
0: to this podcast and get fired up. I'm he's gonna, no he's, t- gonna, he's t- gonna come out there. He's gonna come out the season, just light it up. He's gonna point to the TV
2: and go, Jake.
1: Yeah, he. Tom Brady is a avid follower of pad the stats. I, I thought you guys knew that already.
2: Oh yeah, TV twelve nation
0: baby. <laughs> well, we. So well, if you if you ever look at the actual the actual logo, the football's actually deflated a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all let's that. not get into <laughs> this. Whoa, all right. right.
2: Let's keep this. Yeah. One, Family two, time. three, four, five. Oh, it's five rings. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. All
1: right. Yeah, I'm going to stop this right here. So another number on Brady. Top five in fantasy points per game over the last three seasons. So we know that even as he gets older, he just keeps on chugging along and he keeps doing it. I don't see him missing any games just cuz even though he's going to be 41, they seem to keep him upright enough. But uh Jake, I I like the pick. I do as a as a somebody who has a real potential to finish outside of what he's done the last few seasons. I think it's a pretty solid solid choice, honestly. Oh, for sure. So, let's go. We have three running backs for you. We're going to keep the running back theme going. And then I have a Tight end and Pat has a wide receiver as well. So Pat, do you want to? How do you guys want to do this? Why well, don't you, you want to go do with your wi- your wide back receiver back
0: and then I'll do mine.
1: Okay, cool. So my running back that I am projecting as a bust this year, and it's somebody that I was actually a little bit higher on before, but I've I've started to change my tune a little bit, and that's Rashad Penny. Now. We don't know a lot about Rashad Penny because he comes from San Diego State. He played on the West Coast. He's a you know college competition, not the greatest competition, and he played for us East Coast folk, you know, game times are at 9:30, 10, 10:30, maybe even 11 o'clock at night. So it's, don't, I haven't seen a ton of Rashad Penny in terms of you know actual game footage. You know I've seen a little bit, and I've watched him a little bit on, on film. And I've liked what I've seen. He's 5'11", 220 pounds. He ran a 4'4", 6'40". So we know, you know, he's got some burst. He's got some, a little bit of speed. He's a he's, He seems to be a good athlete. He didn't catch a lot of passes in college. Um, I have the number here. Let me, let me find it. He actually never caught more than 19 passes in a season at San Diego State, though he did have nearly 11.5 yards per catch over 42 career receptions and six touchdowns. So when he caught the ball... He did he did pretty well with it he was he was effective and he was extremely effective as a runner he had over seven and a half yards per carry in his career he had finished with uh over 3200 yards 34 touchdowns over the last two years combined so he was he was very very productive in college now how does that translate into the pros so look he's somebody that i think has the has the real potential of being a three-down back, and I like the talent. And I think he can catch the football, and I think the Seahawks have have talked about in camp this summer that they they already think that he's ahead of the game in terms of pass protection. And yes, I do think that he can play on third downs a bit. Currently, in 12-team PPR, he's going as running back 20 at the beginning of the fourth round. And 12-team non-PPR, he's going also as running back 20 at the end of the third round. So, look, I think a bulk of what he's going to do is going to be on first and second down. And yes, I do think that he's going to get that initial crack to be the workhorse. Here's a couple reasons why I am down on Rashad Penny and why I think, and in, 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 let me clarify this. So, when we talk about busts, we're either talking about guys who we don't think are going to live up to their ADP or, because, or the situation that they were put in. So, this is a case of, Rashad Penny was a first-round pick. He's a running back. He's expected to come in right away and put up big numbers. Probably as a first-round running back, you're expected to come in. From a fantasy perspective, you probably should be putting up top 15 numbers, I would I would generally think, because the workload's going to be there for you, and and with running backs having such a short shelf life, if you're going to invest a first round pick and running back as a team, I would think that you're going to be on the field right away. And I do think that Penny's going to be on the field right away. Here's what concerns me. Seattle rushing as a team last year, ranked 20th in rush attempts and 19th with four, four yards per carry. So fairly underwhelming. They ranked dead last with four, just four rushing touchdowns. And they were fifth last with 46 red zone rush attempts. Now the last two seasons, that theme is kind of held. They, they really have not Been running the ball very well, and it starts with their their offensive line. The last two seasons, they've also thrown the ball a lot in the red zone. So, I kind of bulleted or numbered my three points as to why I don't think or why I think Rashad Penny is going to be a bust, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with his talent because I actually believe in his talent. But one, this is still Russell Wilson's team. Okay, and let me put some numbers to life for you so you can see what I mean. He's averaged, Russell Wilson has averaged six to eight carries per game virtually his entire career, minus 2016 when he had all the the ankle injury and he was hurt. I think he only had like maybe 74 carries, 75 carries that year. And look, he's accounted for an average of 42 offensive plays per game last season, and Looking at Seattle's total number from scrimmage, they had just over a thousand plays from scrimmage, a thousand seven. So if you do the math, over a sixteen-game schedule, a thousand seven plays—that's sixty-three games, sixty-three offensive plays from scrimmage per game. Wilson accounted for forty-two of them. So look, that—that's a ton. I mean, he's accounting for an absolute boatload of their offense. And even if it came down to say 60% of the team's offense, you know, him running or throwing the ball, I still think with the situation that they have in the backfield right now, they have McKissick and Procise who are still going to dominate some pass catching duties. I'm assuming Procise is going to make the roster. I haven't heard great things. Pete Carroll's talked him up, but Pete Carroll talked Eddie Lacy up and then Eddie Lacy's just like a fat corn dog trying to stumble down the field. I mean he's worse <laughs> than the drunken drunk he's worse than the drunken stumbler, Pat's good buddy, uh Legarrett Blunt, I think. <laughs> and look, I, I think those two guys, I think McKissick showed some things last year, and I think Chris Carson showed some things too. And I and I heard the other day that if a couple beat reporters for the Seahawks had said that if the season started right now, they thought that Chris Carson would be the starter. Now I don't know if I necessarily believe that and I do think that uh Penny will get that initial crack at first and second down. But I think Chris Carson has a real opportunity to step in and, and you know will work in more than people expect. I'm thinking maybe 7 or 8 carries a game. It is is certainly possible. And I think he has the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield a little bit. So I don't know how much Penny works in on third down. And look, the other reason my those are two of the reasons, but my other reason that I already mentioned was the offensive line problems. Look, it didn't improve drastically. They added DJ Fluker at right guard, but he, you know, he's a former first round pick who was really underwhelmed quite a bit. Their right tackle, and I'm, I'm hopefully I'm pronouncing this right, right tackle Jermaine Fidi. And guard Ethan po- 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 Pochic were near the bottom of PFF rankings last year. They were they were absolutely awful. Now, Pochich was at right guard. He moved to left guard to make way for DJ Fluker. But both of those guys were, like I said, near the bottom of PFF rankings. And I just have a lot of concerns with that offensive line. They did draft a tackle this year, but it was a fifth-round pick, Jamarco Jones, and that was the only... That they had used on an offensive lineman. So it's Russell Wilson's team one. I don't think that Rashad Penny's going to get the workload that people expect, really. I don't know if he gets 200 carries. I'm a little bit worried about that, honestly. And the offensive line still scares me and how much they're going to be just committed to running the football. So look, my projections, I have them right around 175 points in PPR and it might profile as a low-end RB2, but it's not what you would expect from a first-round pick in the in the NFL draft, and it's not the workload I think people are expecting. So that's my take on Rashad Penny. I think he's a good running back. I think he's talented. I think he's going to be in the league for a while. I just don't know if this is the year for him yet, and I think the workload, and I think Russell Wilson's contract, and Russell, and the fact that... Russell Wilson is—it's just his team still. I think that takes away from Penny's upside just a little bit. Any, anybody want to uh, go against what I just said? Any?
2: Actually, I want to kind of back you, you. Don't up. agree. Normally, with? normally, I like to throw a few jabs at you, but I'm going to back you up on this one. You know, you make the point of the fact that Chris Carson would be this named the starter possibly today. And, you know, I believe that because if you remember back when Russell Wilson got drafted in the third round, we, nobody thought he was going to be the starter right away. And then all of a sudden, Pete Carroll comes out and says, Russell's my guy. And they gave that big contract to, uh, uh, who'd they give that six year contract to? So Matt help, Flynn. Matt Flynn. I was thinking Matt Castle for some reason. But yeah, Matt, they <clears> gave <throat> that big contract to Matt. Like, okay, Matt Flynn's the guy. Sign him up. Here we go. But no, Russell Wilson outperformed him in camp. Russell Wilson was a starter. Maybe Chris Carson is outperforming Rashad Penny, and that's why we're hearing this. That's why I believe it in Seahawk camp. You don't play just because of your draft pick, just because of your name in Seattle. You play because you're a good football player, and Carson could have won the job, at least as of now. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I think, and I mentioned this too, the one, the big thing to, take, to keep in mind with Seattle, and we've seen it in the past, is... Sometimes you can't always believe what what uh, Pete Carroll is saying. We you know we've seen that kind of with his roster configuration and how he how he plays guys. So man, this is an interesting situation and he's one he's one of the rookie running backs and I am just I don't know really what to expect. These are my projections and I am playing this on on kind of the safe side. And, again, the, the, the reasons that I outlined previously, that that's just kind of the thing is, is that it's Russell Wilson's team. This team is not a team that runs the ball very well. They have not done it for a couple years. And I think he's going to struggle coming into that offense, and I just don't believe that he's going to get quite the workload that people are expecting. Let's keep this moving, though. And what do we want to talk about next, guys? Pat, would you like to talk about your receiver
2: yeah, I'll, t- I'll take you're, my you're uh, running back. I'll take my uh, my running back. Your running back?
1: Okay, go ahead. Stick so
2: with I've, the theme, and then and then yeah. after that, I'll go with my running back, and then yeah. we'll go on next. Sounds good. Yep. So I got another guy who
0: – another rookie. I think a guy – a rookie who has a little bit more ability than Rashad Penny and Darius Geis. Is this, guy, this is a guy coming in who I did like a lot coming into the league, and I like his ability, but he's going – extremely high for where i would take him right now right now he is going as the 10th pick in the third round in a in a 12 team ppr right in front of guys like Stephen diggs derrick henry amari cooper demarius thomas jay Ajayi. i would much rather have all these guys than than Guys. he's you know he one he's a rookie he's unproven i liked his ability in in uh in college but you know college doesn't always translate to the pro game and i really don't expect him to be getting many passes he didn't catch that many passes at lsu they didn't really use him in that way i'm not saying that he doesn't he can't catch because i've been hearing out of washington camp that he has shown some ability there but chris thompson's one of the best uh receiving backs in the game and as long as he's healthy i see him taking the third down roll so it's this is more of a kind of a pump your brakes on on Geis and, I, and a true bust. I still I still think he will return value, maybe more as a low end RB two flex roll than the high end RB two he's taking he's getting right now. But Washington is a is a team that I don't project to be very good. They don't have you know they got Alex Smith now who can be Mister Steady, but. I don't see them having as having many weapons and their offensive line was not good last year. It, and I don't see it projecting to be very good this year. Um, last year they had one of the lowest uh, rushing uh, attempts in the league with only 342. You know, that was one of, they were like third or fourth least in the league. So, you know, I don't see them really going up from there. I think that's kind of more of a, a philosophy than a, You know, just didn't have many good running backs. So I don't see him returning the value that he is where he's going at now. And if he does, it's going to be you're drafting him at his ceiling.
1: So you mentioned you don't think he's going to return a lot of value in the passing game. Do you think he's going to be somebody like Jordan Howard who, in terms of the PPR to standard scoring discrepancy, he could be somebody who's maybe four or five spots lower from from ppr to standard or i'm sorry from standard to ppr
0: yeah more just because of the, the guys that are in front of him i think he probably has a little more ability than than jordan howard in catching i you know i haven't seen it but i think he probably is a little bit more apt to catching than howard is but yeah very similar in their kind of uh ppr to standard roles
1: gotcha okay
0: like right now i have tevin coleman above geist in a PPR league, but I would definitely rather have Geis in a standard. Same thing with Dion Lewis. The
1: other, the other rookie running backs, would you rather have Penny or Geis?
0: You know, right now I have Penny in front of Geis. That might change. I kind of liked your argument with, uh, Penny. I think I might move him down a little bit. I have Sony Michelle pretty far ahead of him. And, you know, Barkley, obviously, uh, Ronald Jones, I have right after Geis at 28 and Royce Freeman right after him. So, you know,
1: these, how, are, how much, okay. Uh, sorry. How much farther? I'm just curious how much farther you have carry on Johnson behind those guys.
0: Carry on Johnson. Oh, I have, goodness. so I have carry on Johnson at 35 and I have okay. guys at 27. Got ya. And okay. I, I would still rather have Geist than, than Chris Thompson, but you know, I just think that Chris Thompson is going to take a lot away from guys.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Cool. Uh anything else on Darius Geis or yeah, uh, can we mo- so can we move on? You got with, something else? With
0: Geis right now like I said he's going in the towards the end of the third round. I'd much rather have him in the end of the fourth maybe early fifth. So, you know if he's he, th- if his ADP drops which you know for rookies I only feel like it only ever really goes up. So I just don't think I'll be ending up with many shares of him.
1: Yeah, do you think he's definitely safe though to have say you know, 15, 16 plus carries a game?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think he'll be a safe guy. I mean, unless he completely busts. I mean, he did fall in the draft for some reason. We don't know really why he wasn't taken earlier. I, I Like I said, I still like his ability and what his game tape shows, but mm-hmm. we'll see what comes of it.
1: Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I like him. He's definitely one of my favorite rookie running backs. I think I have him a few spots higher than you do. I'll have to look. I want to say I thought I had him at somewhere around 22 no sorry actually i'm at 20 right now um one spot ahead of Kenyon drake and a spot behind uh excuse me jji so where where
0: uh uh, so you'd rather have uh geist over sony michelle
1: i would yes i have sony michelle at 30.
2: how about you jay I would rather have Geis over Sony Michelle just because I know Geis is, will get more carries than Sony Michelle, in my opinion. All right.
1: Yep. All righty. And how about we move on? Jake, you want to give us your running back?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go another. You know, I went Tom Brady with my first name. I'm going to go another big name. And he's also a rookie running back from this year's draft. The biggest rookie running back from this year's draft, Mr. Saquon Barkley. Ooh, Some of you are shocked okay. by this, but. Uh, it's like I said, like Pat said. I am a little bit. It's. I wouldn't call this a complete bust. I would just call this where he's getting drafted. I'm asking you, are you sure he is going to produce the way you want him to produce? Look yes, at this.
1: and that is totally fine. That is that. Like I said before, that that certainly is one of the criteria for our bus in this category.
2: I mean, we have to remember. You know, I'm going to break this down a few different ways for you, and I am Happy Valley. Born and bred Penn State fan for life. Saquon Barkley was might be my favorite Penn State player of all time. But you have to remember, you know, he's going into a situation where the Giants' offense was a complete mess last year. Yes, that had a lot to do with Odo Beckham's injury, but it also had to do a lot with the offensive line. Now, I will add that the offensive line, they drafted Will Hernandez, picked up Nate Solder, they picked up uh a right guard that picked up omahi i believe i have that name right and then they have center they have brett jones which he was he played last year he was their starter last year but he was a cfl all-star so they're getting a lot of talent back on the offensive line my worry is are they all ready to play together right away with a brand new running back and my biggest question mark it isn't even the offensive line which is scary to me that you know they do have talent but my biggest question mark is Eli Manning. Is he a big enough threat that they're not going to have eight in the box, you know, ready to stop Saquon? I know they have Odell, but if Eli can't get him the ball, it doesn't matter. So my scarcity is Eli Manning's a big question mark. Their offensive line isn't ready, and also I was doing some research and they don't have many backups on their offensive line. They are very thin on their depth their offensive line. And So those are two of the three things. Their offensive line, their quarterback, scaring me for Saquon. And the third, this is just a last little tidbit, kind of more Penn State insider info if you watched a lot of Saquon Barkley in college. And Swan, you can back me up on this. How many times was Saquon Barkley on the sidelines with an ankle injury in-game?
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, if that concerned you at all. A lot. Just about his ability to stay on the field.
2: Yeah, a lot, because he missed... I would say five plays a game average because of an injury that not many people knew about. Cause he always no. finished the game. I never knew but, that. I mean, but his, as a guy who didn't watch Penn state games, I didn't know but, that, but his ankles, it seemed like he always turned an ankle and my scarcity is that's the college game. We're moving to the big guys league here. Is he going to be able to be healthy? I hope he is. Cause I'm a Penn state Homer, but that definitely adds to my bust pump the brakes, you know, mm-hmm. potential here.
1: Yeah, it's it's a good point, and I think he's going to step in. This is my take on it. I think he's going to step in and certainly take over a full workload, all three downs. There's yeah, I'm not worried to, about workload. nobody load. to really push him all. I also just heard today I saw some news that um, Jonathan Stewart <laughs> is plodding through practices. Like, he just apparently looks absolutely terrible and old. Which just goes to show you. I mean, Paul Perkins. I looked at their depth chart. Is sixth, sixth on the running back depth chart right now. Paul Perkins is sixth. Like wow. they just don't. They don't have a whole lot um, behind him. I don't. I think uh, Jonathan Stewart has definitely lost his step at this point. Here's my concern with the Giants as a team. And I, Jake, I know you talked about their offensive line. I do like the Will Hernandez drafting. I think he's going to be a pretty good run blocker. I liked what I saw from him in the combine. I thought he tested well. He looked like a pretty good athlete. Um the Giants in 2017 had just 6 rushing touchdowns and get this, over the last 3 years combined, they've had a total of 17 rushing touchdowns wow. in 3 years. That is unbelievable. That's I mean terrible. Terrible. That's That is absolutely Inexcusable. Awful. They've had 6, 6, and 5. That, that has been their 6 this last year, 6 in 2016, and 5 rushing touchdowns in 2015. And they only had 51 red zone rush attempts last year. That's 8, worth, eight worst. And 394 total rush attempts in 2017. That's 8th fewest. So it's not a team that's been committed to the run the last at least 3 seasons. They haven't had a lot of talent at the running back position, but... I worried about the, this team's mentality, and I know it's a different coaching staff now. I just worry that about their commitment to the run because I feel like—and tell me, you guys—if you guys think differently, but I think committing to the running game is a philosophy that you have to kind of get entrenched in, and you have to to buy into it.
2: Yeah, you got to wear it on your back. You got to commit to it, even when it's not working. You got to trust that it's going to break through. And also, we have to remember Swan. As Penn State fans, Saquon Barkley is known for the home run hit. He's kind of like an Adrian Peterson, where one yard, one yard, two yards, boom, eighty yards. There Mm -hmm. was a lot of big play in Saquon, like there is in Adrian Peterson. And and yes, and and, am I right? And that's why. Go ahead, Pat. Am I
0: right in saying he got you? He was he had multiple multiple runs where he was stuffed behind the line. If I remember correctly, that was one of his biggest his biggest flaws coming into the game whereas he didn't have a lane. He would just kind of try to create something and end up losing two, three yards.
1: Yeah. He, he definitely has a little of that Barry Sanders in him. A lot of that. They Late. had a, mm-hmm. had a bad line at Penn state and is people this a look one? at it. it that, right. I, that's a good point. I mean, I don't think it is right now. I think it's maybe a little bit better,
0: probably better, but who, who knows? You know, I mean, the one thing about offensive line is, is it's kind of like cornerbacks. You don't always just throw in good pieces and get good outcomes.
1: Here's the other thing, too. And I don't necessarily like to look into strength of schedule the year later, like looking at the year prior. and Because defenses change a lot. And whether it's a new you know coaching staff, whether it's new personnel, it seems like defenses can change year to year, but the giants have the second hardest schedule for running backs, according to last year's schedule. So that's not good either. That is not good. If that holds up and it's at least similar, um, Saquon could be in for some rookie stumbles. I think I, I just, and it has nothing again. It's kind of like how I talked about Rashad Penny. Now, don't get me wrong I'm I'm not comparing the two. I think Barkley is a generational talent and much more talented than Rashad Penny, but in a similar sense that I'm not I'm not queuing this up on their ability. I'm queuing it up to they might have some rookie woes. Like they they just might be in situations where they're not the worst situations, but they're going to be up against some tall orders right off the bat. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and let me Definitely. throw this Yep. Let me throw this guy at you guys. Where do you think he will be in their target share? You know, in the passing game, Will you say he's gonna he's gonna top ten percent? You think he'll top fifteen percent? You know, harking back to guys like Le'Veon and Chris McCaffrey earlier, who can really catch a lot of passes. I think he could, but there's so many weapons in that offense. That is he going to be a major major contributor there? What do you think, guys? Think? Yeah.
1: yeah, it's a great it's a great question and. If we model it off of, I don't. The Giants' offense isn't nearly as efficient as the Steelers' offense. But if we modeled it a little bit off of the Steelers' offense, and you have OBJ and Antonio Brown would be the counterpart. You have Barkley and Bell would be the counterpart. Mm-hmm. You have Ingram. Ingram. We don't. The Steelers don't, don't necessarily have, have a tight end like that. But I would maybe. Wow, well, Sterling Shepard is. See, this is tough because we're talking about. Odell Beckham, who could certainly be somebody who sees 140 targets. I think that's probably reasonable. Um, Evan Ingram, I believe, is probably going to see... I got to imagine he's going to see... I think his target share is going to come down. We talked about this a lot when we did our sophomore part two episode. His target share is going to come down quite a bit just because it has to because they had no receivers last year. I still think he probably gets... 90, 90 targets, and I would think that Sterling Shepard is probably going to get one hundred and ten targets, and one hundred and five targets. Maybe I, I I don't know. I I think that's I don't think that's a crazy number. Maybe maybe one hundred and five. And what does that leave for Barkley? Right?
0: Yeah. I mean it's just- I mean it,
1: it's a it's a lot. I th- I think he could be. I think he could be. I don't know from a percentage standpoint, I'll have to do the math. But I think, I think forty from, catch. I think he could catch forty passes and I think he could he could see, you know, 75 80 targets in the passing game. I think is certainly possible.
2: It's definitely a threat in the passing game. So yeah, anyways, that kinda wraps up Saquon Barkley. Like I said, um I I think where he's getting drafted mm-hmm. at, I've seen anywhere from like I've seen first overall, which is just crazy off the wall. But I'm seeing mostly six to ten, and I would feel a lot more comfortable with him as my RB two, like a very like taking him high in the second round, or as my running back to a compliment to a high wide receiver. Um, I just wouldn't like him to be my stud guy on my team. But that's just my Your- personal opinion.
1: PPR league, are you taking Alvin Kamara over him?
2: Yes. Okay,
1: okay. Gordon?
2: That's a toss-up. I think I am taking Gordon, though, yes. What about Kareem Hunt? No, I'm taking uh, Barkley.
1: Okay. You guys are both down. Are you guys both low on Kareem Hunt? or is, I, I'm high on him. He's my fifth-rated running back. I got him at
0: 11, honestly.
1: I have him right behind David Johnson.
2: Kareem Hunt was good for the first five games last year, and then he sucked for the next 10- and he had, yeah, then, but he look had, at, then he had one good playoff game when I benched him and he lost. <laughs> and if I would have played him, he would have won, won me that week. So, I, yeah. He's I, I had him last but, year, and it's just – I,
0: especially with the changes in that offense, I don't – I still like him, but there's just guys that I like better, you know?
1: Yeah, but think about all of the work. All of the attention is going to be spread out on Travis Kelsey, yeah. on Tyreek Hill. And they, they added – a prototypical wide receiver one in Sammy Watkins say what you Mm -hmm. want about him but he's still a top 10 talent in my opinion oh yeah I didn't I just I just feel like I was just talking to, to somebody about this earlier and they asked me they said you know I have the sixth pick in the first round of a full point PPR and they said would would that be too high for Barkley and I said no and I said he said, I really don't want to go wide receiver. Well, I said, if, if Antonio Brown fell to six in a full point PPR league, like you'd be crazy not to take him. That's a separate point. But uh, my point was, I said, I think that Kareem Hunt, actually, you should probably look at him there because, and I point out all the reasons that this offense is still good. Like I trust Andy Reid's scheme and his offense. And, and I trust that, Kareem Hunt is going to have 40 to 50 catches and 270 carries like a uh, shoe in, like mm-hmm. put it down. And we just talked, we sit, we literally just talked about Saquon Barkley's situation. And we think that he's going to be up against some tall orders in his first year, just of what he's facing from an offense that has, has absolutely not been able to run the ball for three years. And if you think that a running back is going to step in, in year one and be the magical piece that solves everything, it's certainly possible. But my argument would be, just wait, just a minute. Like, there's five linemen that have to absolutely do their job, and no matter how talented that guy back there is, getting the ball 20 times a game, that I don't know. I I still believe in Kareem Hunt's talent, and I just think that opportunity and that offensive scheme is just like way better.
0: I believe in his talent too, and I really like him. He's a guy who runs over a lot of people. Usually, doesn't go down for the first hit. There's just, I think it's just a really top-heavy, good running back year like it's been a, it's a better year for running backs than it's been in a while because of last year's draft cap class I mean I'd still rather have Christian McCaffrey Dalvin Cook Melvin Gordon Alvin Kamara Saquon over cream so I mean I just just it's not that I don't like his talent there's just people I like better
1: fair enough all right we are boy oh boy we are up against the clock here fellas yeah, let's do
2: a quick been... quick last two here and call it a night
1: we are we might have to wrap we might have to break this up a little bit actually you know what no let's do it we'll just we'll just make it a little stick bit stick with us one. people no big yeah deal.
2: stick be, with us people love us
1: so where are we at now we got to go wide receiver pat hurry up I want you to give your wide receiver bust in two minutes go
0: all right so I can make this quick this is a guy that you love and you've been raving about Josh <laughs> Gordon. Man, is this guy getting overdrafted right now? I am seeing him getting disagree. drafted at three oh four. Man, he's going right after Jordan Howard and before guys like Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, Larry Fitzgerald, stepon Diggs. These guys are all better receivers than than Josh Gordon is, and have much more proven most for the most part offenses than this guy has. And near and and maybe for a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, we say, "Oh, hey, wait, his offense is nearly as proven. He's got a lot less, a lot less uh, competition than Josh Gordon has. And not to mention that this guy could be suspended at any second of any day. Like, it's from the biggest the point. Come on, like this guy has so much, so much against him. Not, and baggage. Yeah. And his quarterbacks are questionable. How well did Sammy Watkins do? with tyrod taylor not good now you could say sammy watkins was you know a, a shaky receiver he never really what i heard that he has never put back back to back 12 top 12 weeks together so you know he's a guy who has you know been up and down but tyrod's not a guy who's going to get a, a, a big play receiver like josh gordon a lot of targets i think he would like he's going to like jarvis landry Better and who I would much prefer Jarvis Landry. I think Jarvis Landry is a better wide receiver than Josh Gordon is, to be honest with you. And to me, there's just guys I like a lot better than Josh Gordon. Like I said, he has the, all the talent in the world, and I think he could explode and have a crazy season. I just I don't I wouldn't bet on it, especially for the price you're going to have to pay for him.
1: Yeah, all right, well, that's a good argument. Uh, I mean, I, I like I, this. I, nice I, job, on, so, nice job on the time too, there, it's Pat. A good, it's good argument. he I mean, The picture
2: I seen. The picture I seen, he looked like a GI Joe cartoon. So I'll take. Yeah, a G.I. there's Joe a lot cartoon. of guys that look like yeah, GI Joe. He did. Absolutely. Not a lot of guys that look like Josh Gordon. No,
1: nope. that's I saw that too. He looks crazy. All right, my last bust. We're gonna wrap this thing up with a tight end, and look, it's another guy I'm kind of back and forth on, but Jimmy Graham, and and I'm just gonna lay the facts out here quickly. Look, he's 31 years old. He has had some significant injuries in the past. We know what he, the, the injury a couple years ago with Seattle where he played 11 games in 2016, I believe. Uh, look, he's co- currently going as the number four. This is what got me. He's currently going as the fourth tight end off the board. I know he finished in the top five last year in, in terms of tight ends. He's going in front of Greg Olson. He's going in front of Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph, who I just I have a feeling that these guys are just going to be more consistent, and Jimmy Graham's going to an offense where the tight end has really never been utilized significantly, or at least consistently. We we just have have not seen it um, over the years from Packers tight ends, and Aaron Rodgers seems to have a really really good rapport with Devontae Adams and and uh and Cobb and Ty Montgomery in the red zone, specifically in the red zone. I feel like he we've we saw how many you know red zone targets that adams got last year the touchdowns that adams got last year and it just seems like well i, sh- I should say i mean we know that aaron rodgers missed a lot of time last year but even so i i, I like that connection i just don't know how jimmy graham's going to fit into that offense in year one i am a little bit worried that he's too touchdown dependent and he's coming off a season in which he had the lowest yards per catch in his career, 9.1, just 57 catches on 96 targets. That's under 60% catch rate and just 520 yards. A couple years ago, he came off two straight years with Seattle in his first two years there where he had just eight total touchdowns. And over the last three years, look, he's, he's, he's averaging about 64 catches over the last three years, which isn't bad. It's over 16-game uh, sample size because, remember, he did play in 11 games a few years ago. But again, I'm just harping on the fact that Green Bay has not utilized tight ends a way that we think that they could with with an Aaron Rodgers-led team. That's one of my biggest concerns. And two is I think that if the touchdowns aren't coming in bunches for Jimmy Graham, he's a top 10 tight end probably regardless, but I just don't. I have real concerns that he, that he's not going to catch the number of tight ends that you need for him to be that high. And if that's the case, you're looking at a tight end 9 or 10, which is fine, and you're probably going to have a starter for most of the season, but we know the significant drop-off after you get past 7 or 8, and again, I, I just think the touchdowns, I think Rodgers' connection in the red zone with those three guys I mentioned— and the Packers' utilization of tight ends in general are all reasons why I think Jimmy Graham is slightly, just based on where he's going, slightly a bust this season. All right, guys. Look, that's all we have time for tonight. This was an extremely long podcast. It was about We're at about an hour and 18 minutes right now, which is fine. No big deal. We're always around 45 minutes, 50 minutes. But this was a good one. Thanks for coming on with me, fellas. Pat, Jake, I really appreciate uh, you jumping onto this podcast and talking about our bust but I just wanted to let all of our listeners know, just remember to follow us on Stitcher on iTunes. You can find the podcast there, Google Play Music and TuneIn Radio. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Heck, I don't even know. We're on Snapchat, LinkedIn as well. Um, So yeah, thanks again, everybody. Have a great night and we will talk to you next time. All right, bye-bye.